He's everything to me. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. The living of the valley, in Him alone I see. All I need to cleanse and make me fully whole. In sorrow He's my comfort, in trouble He's my stay. He tells me every care on Him to roll. He's the leader of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. He all my grief has taken, and all my sorrows borne. In temptation, he's my strong and mighty tower. I have all for him forsaken, and all my idols stolen. From my heart, and now he keeps me by his power. Though all the world forsake me, Satan tempts me sore. Through Jesus I shall safely reach the goal. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand of my soul. He'll never, never leave me, nor yet forsake me here. I by faith and do his blessed will. All of fire about me, I'm nothing now to fear. From his manna, he my hungry soul shall fill. Then turning up to glory to see his blessed face, where rivers of delight shall ever roll. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. second announcement before we start. You sure may. Um, well, I just wanted uh, to kind of solicit a little bit of help, actually. Um, so with the youth group over the last month, we've gone from like four months ago having 10 kids every time to pretty much like 20 to 25 kids every time, uh, which has been amazing. And it's like the best thing we could ask for. But with that, like we definitely need more help. Um, so I'm soliciting help just from a lot of different people in our church. Hmm. Um, and it, like, I know some of you may think, well, that's not for me. Or some of you guys may think that totally is for you. Um, but like, I am bringing it up to you guys. Cause there's like multiple ways you could help. Like maybe you are someone who would be interested in like being there on youth group nights, but like, honestly, just as much with the events we do. And like, we have a lot more events coming up this year. Like me doing a lot of stuff at the Christian clubs at the school in partnership with Laguna Prez. And I have like a morning breakfast ministry, uh, potentially on Fridays. I sometimes, or I shouldn't say sometimes, like very frequently just need people to help. Um, maybe it's just like a run and errand to pick up some food. Maybe it's to help drive some kids. 
Uh, maybe it's to help set things up. Um, that just allows me when there's 20, 25 kids coming to be able to focus on pastoring the kids um, rather than getting tied down, setting stuff up, and then I don't get a chance to connect with the kids. So, yeah, it's just something I thought would be perfect to come to you guys, my brothers, and the study about and just um, ask you guys to pray about it and think about it. And, again, like there's no, like, you have to commit to this or that. Like we could talk if you guys have like a certain level of commitment you could have. Um, what I'm going to eventually do is basically have like a list of phone numbers and email addresses. And when I need help with something such as just maybe we're at the beach having a bonfire, I need someone to help deliver some pizza or pick up something or just basically help us with logistics. I could have an email list where I send out like a week or two ahead um, just to ask for some volunteers. So certainly no pressure. Um, but yeah, if you guys would be interested in helping, I'd love to just talk some time um, because it truly is a blessing and like fun to help with a group, and it's such a fun group of kids. Um, and we could definitely use some help with logistics as we move forward. So awesome! And I mean, if you ever if we start, you have something where you have a need or something too. You know, you can always get my email list for the guys. Totally. You know, we send out for something too. Totally. If like something comes up with it. So, all right, great. Okay, so tonight we are um, we're going to actually focus on why we sang this song, <laughs> which is the I guess you could say the most famous of the verses um, in scripture. Um, you know, if you play football, <laughs> yeah, I assume do we get do people still see that in the football fields? Not, I, don't, I haven't seen Not it in a while. Or they just don't put the camera on anymore? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I so I want to really focus today on just John three sixteen um, because there's a lot in here. It's a passage we a verse we've heard over and over and over again. I want to unpack that a little bit more tonight. And to start doing that, um, I want to try to get us to read John three sixteen in different versions. As many different versions as we can. So, um, what do you? What, what version do you have in your Bible? There. What version is that? So, NIV. Perfect. So, why don't you turn to John three sixteen and that? What do you? Okay, think? Sorry, Aaron, can I grab one of those? I don't have my stuff with me. Can I grab yeah. a small one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Um, yeah. Perfect. So why don't you, John 3.16, you got ESV, so why don't you do ESV, so why don't, yeah, why don't you do that. Um, Tom, do you have anything as far as versions other than... Do uh, New King James. Okay, why don't you do New, New King James. Dale, do you have any... Um, I have NIV. You have NRV? NIV. NIV. Oh, you have NIV there. Yeah. Let's do... Um, we've got New King James. Why don't you do this one? This is John three sixteen. Um, anybody else have any other versions? I can pull up any of them on the app, Greg. Mm, pull up one that you can you think of one we haven't done yet. The CSB. Um, he's got CSB. Uh, as much care I've never heard of. How about you, Pete? Do you have any other ones we've not talked about? ASV. American ASV. Okay. Why don't you do EASV? Perfect. Um, and Steve, you ESV, got, yeah. you just got ESV. Okay. Um, what are these? I think those are New King James, yeah. right? Over is there. that what that is? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Everyone got, so what I want you to do is let's just, we'll go around 
and just read, just listen <laughs> well to John 3.16, okay? Um, just listen to the different words and the different versions. So why don't you, why don't you start, Bruce? Okay. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Go ahead. For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world, he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Come back to me. So go ahead. Okay. Uh, 16. For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For in this way God loved the world, so that he gave his one and only Son, in order that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Okay, and then he went to yours. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him, on him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have the eternal or everlasting life. Okay. Is there anything that popped out as you guys heard that? Anything different from what you... Just curious when you were listening to that. You mean, did somebody read a version? That... Oh, yeah, I've just heard the everlasting. Versions. Everlasting, okay. Mm -hmm. So there you go. That's what I'm talking about. Just anything like just popped out. You go, oh, I haven't heard of that way before. For God loved the world in this way. Yeah. Was, and you the same. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. For God loved the world this way. Okay. A little different. That is interesting. Some of them said whoever trusts in him, whether believes in him, rather than believes in him. Oh, okay. Yeah, I heard at least I heard at least one that said that. Yeah, that has trust. Okay, which is pistis, which can mean faith, belief, trust. So, would make sense. Yeah. Anything else, you guys? Okay, so we're going to do something we've done quite often here. Is I want you to now think of John three sixteen and the ways you've heard it, and we're going to read the prologue. Okay, and we're going to do like we've done before, which is I want you to see what words you see in John 3.16 that pop out to you that you hear in the prologue. Okay, remember how we talk about how John is repeating a lot of these themes. And again, it's almost like what we talked about with the stories that we opened with, how God threads things together. Um, John, the Gospel of John is a really good example of a tapestry. Well, there's all these threads that are going on. And it's sort of like, you know, you can look at the back of a tapestry where it looks like chaos. But if you turn that tapestry around, all of a sudden you see this is the picture. So the more we, like, get these words and these common themes in us and these threads, the more we'll pick that up as we go along through John. Um, so, okay. Um, How many verses is the prologue? It well, is just 12, isn't it? 18. 18. 18. Yeah. So 1 through 18. Oh, and 1 through 18. Can you want to read that? Um, Which one? So read John 1 1 through 18. And again, just try it in your mind and you can look at it as we're reading it. 
think of what words have you heard or you hear that you also see in John 3.16. Okay. All right, go one, ahead. One. Uh-huh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, without him and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He, he was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fulfillment we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Okay. So where do you see echoes of John 3.16 in the prologue? Twelve. Twelve. So tell me about that. What do you see? That for all who did receive him, who believed in his name, gave the right to become children of God. So what's the echo you see there? What, what, what words do you see? All those who believe in him. Okay, great. Okay. <laughs> I know it could be obvious. <laughs> um, although we'll find out maybe not so obvious sometimes. So, yeah, okay, great. So we have we have the whole believe. The word pistis again being used. Believe was also in verse 7. Very good. Also in verse 7. Might believe that all might believe through him, um, and let's see, is that is he all the front? Okay, all right, yeah, all right. What 14, else? Hmm? Fourteen only son. The fourteen mm-hmm. only son. All right. Okay, great. That's good. I didn't see that one. <laughs> yeah, that's. I, I've seen that with something else, but that's good. I didn't. Catch that one, all right? What else? Well, I think in 10, it's not the exact words, but it's talking about he was in the world, and the world was made through him. Which well, So there is an exact word, isn't there? Well, yeah, I mean, it means world. The, the world. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Very good. 
Nope, that's, nope, there you go. There's the echo right there as world. Is that the flat earth or the round earth? <laughs> it's um, the oval earth. It's, 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 oval? The, it's, 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 the answer is yes. <laughs> and a lot more. in some <laughs> spots, but it's mostly round. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and in verse uh, 14, is the glory as of the only Son from the Father. Mm-hmm. He says Son over again. Yep, so Son, yeah. Let's just deal some obvious words here. <laughs> what other obvious words do we have in John 3.16 that appear in John 1.1? 1, 1? God. God, God. okay. <laughs> I want to make sure we didn't see most obvious. All right. Life. Life. Yeah. Life in verse 4. Life. So wait, where's that? Verse 4. Okay. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Excellent. Okay. Not necessarily eternal life. Yeah. Life. Well, I, I believe in Greek, eternal, it, life is still there. Zoe. So it would be, yeah, I think it's Zoe probably. Yeah. I'd have to double check. But eternal is a, is a type of life. So life would be repeated there. So it is the same word, at least in life. Sun. Sun, we got sun, okay. Um, instead of whosoever, or it's all who? Did you say that already? In verse 12, it's all who. Oh, wait. Okay, verse 12. Verse, John 1, verse 12 is all who. All who, uh-huh. And then that could relate to whosoever. Oh, okay. Or, yeah, all right, good. Didn't see that either. Just amazing, it's just one verse, how many... Head back to the. Um, anybody see anything else? Uh, he came to hit um, that all. Uh, verse twelve kind of reminds me a little bit of um, not perish. In verse twelve it says, "But to all who did not receive him." Oh, okay. Sort of like the that would be the ones who perish. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Sidebar, it just seemed like he described the world before actually he used the word for world in 10. He was saying in verse 2, oh, I'm sorry, verse 3, all things were made through him and without, there was nothing made hmm. that was made. Oh. So okay. he's talking about something that we don't know what that word is. He's just saying that he made all things. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, by the time we get to 10, the things that he made, he's calling it world, world here. Oh, I know. Okay. That's, that, yeah, that's a good link. I, I, and that speaks a little bit to Tom's, a little bit of the question about round earth or flat earth. So the word world here is cosmo in Greek. And that word can mean a whole lot of different things. So it can mean as much as, it can mean the cosmos, like it can mean the entire created universe. So it goes along with what Tom was just saying there, everything God created. Um, it can refer to like the world Earth, flat or round. Um, it can refer to, what else can the world refer to that you guys would think of? 
when scripture uses the word word world, what other ways does scripture use world? Mankind. Mankind. Mm-hmm. All right. Very good. Everyone. Hmm? Everyone. Everyone. Yep. So we all world. Yep. Worldly. Worldly. Yeah. Good. So you can also use it in the negative sense, almost like flesh. Um, can be used in a negative sense, like things of the world. All right. Or wisdom from the world. Um, so that's another way. So really, this one word, which is all the same Greek word, is used in all of these different ways, in all these different contexts. So that's why when it's interesting when it says in 3.16 that God still loved the world. It's like, wow. I mean, that can be that can be a lot, right? I mean, obviously humankind, um, but it's just all the different means that get, get, that get captured into that. Uh, and, so it also could mean God also loved the world that's not for him. <laughs> humankind and stuff that's against them, God so loved that and died for that too, because he died for the ungodly. So you just get this sort of holistic view of what did Jesus die for? The world. They could just mean so much with that. You could even go to Romans 8, and in Romans 8 you find that God is going to ultimately redeem the world, God's creation he's going to redeem. So you even have the sense that what God, what Christ did on the cross is not just for humans, which is from a salvation relational perspective, but it's there he's going to redeem, create a new earth, a new world that he's going to do in the end. Um, so you just have all of this tied up in that word, world. Yeah. Um, and in 17, he says the pronoun for the law. And then in 18, he says for God. So I are you talking about the prologue? Uh, the pronoun, I'm sorry. The, it's 17. Yeah, the prologue. Yeah. The prologue, uh-huh. Yeah. For the law, mm-hmm. for the God, for God. I'm kind of looking at that like God equals the law of Moses, like you're saying for. I'm just curious. For the... For God. Well, I wouldn't say God equals the law. God gave the law. Well, he's yeah. saying for the law, for God. Yeah, so the, so the law was given by God through Moses. So, obviously, the law they're referring to really the Torah, the first five books. Right. Um, so, so it's not that God is the law, but God gave that law through Moses. But sense? if you're using the word for, aren't you kind of like saying, so God, so the law, you know what I'm saying? But there's a pause there. Um, so for the law was given through... So describe it again what you were is that well is that is when they're using the word for yeah do you, I'm, I guess I'm just trying to be a little analytical why That's okay. why are they using for why don't they just say they could just say God so loved the world they could just say the law was given by Moses what do you think the reason they're using for there That's a really good question so if we go back let's take a look um, just look at how he the context of there. You know, the Word became flesh, dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory of the Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. All right, so there's a statement there. Then John bore witness, for from His Son, for, for, from His Son, for the I'm, 
going back. For from his fullness we have all received. A lot of times, and I'm trying to think here, therefore, so a lot of times for, I think, I'm thinking as I'm actually talking, <laughs> so you will have a lot of times the word for or therefore to point to, you've said something, therefore, therefore, therefore. So the for is tying to what he has said about the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So you're sort of you're linking these together in the sentence, and you're saying this. It's this referring is tied, to the previous verses, right? Therefore, refers to that which was before, which is what was said before. <laughs> so it's just a it's a English or it's a language way of saying, like if someone said, like if you came to me and said, let's start at verse sixteen, and I read the word for, I'd go, wait a minute, we have to go back and look. And what right. that is a therefore for. It's also the first word in the verse we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. For. For. <laughs> yeah. For. Therefore. I mean, even if you take a look at our John 3.16, what we often do is just quote John 3.16. We don't go back. All right. And in fact, John three well, that's, sixteen. That's is what I was trying to say. So, do you think that what I was? That's what I was trying yeah. to get at. But okay. one of them makes a statement, and in this one it says, "No, we just think of the of the of John three sixteen for God right. so loved the world." So, a lot of times when I've been reading like the Bible, I don't have it with me. Right, my Bible uh -huh. will say, "Look at the verse before." Yes. And so maybe maybe when we look at for because I like I said, you could just say, "God so loved the world that He gave His only Son." But because he puts four there, is that a, I'm assuming that we should be reading 15. Is that correct? That is 15. Okay. That is correct. In fact, what look what happens when you read 15. Because really a lot of, like, the ESV is doing something which, again, is man, man doing this. It's not in your, it's not in your original Bible. Yeah. Which divides it and says, for God so loved the world. So the ESV here, for example, is doing what a lot of Bibles will do is they'll split something where it's really not meant to be split. Okay, so that split was never there before. Right. So if you look, you can see that these fours, actually naturally, you can see right there, God says, and, and as Moses lifted up the servant of the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. And then what does he do? He then says, well, if God so loved the world, if none should perish but have eternal life. So obviously... We're going before. Okay. Yeah. Which is always really important, everything you're doing when we're quoting something to say, Ooh, what's before this? <laughs> yeah. Did that answer your question, Ken? Yeah. Okay. That was good. That was a good, good observation. I never realized that it, it says it, it, he repeats himself, you know, verse 15, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. He repeats exactly. And, yeah. That whoever believes in him... You know, should not perish in eternal life. These ads should, should not perish. Yeah. In case you didn't know. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think I've ever saw this until we were doing John. That actually the 15, I mostly started at 16. Yeah. I never saw that link with 15 before. Yeah. All right. Anybody else see anything? Even John 3.16 that stands out? I mean, I, I really like what Pete said too because it's talking about him being lifted up 
And like mm-hmm. I, I think you could say that's lifted up on, on the cross, right? Yeah. Correct. Yep. And that's exactly what it means. In fact, if we go take a look, in fact, since we got our Bibles right now, can you point out, go to John twelve thirty two. So if you look at John 12, 32 to 33, listen to what it says. I mean, here we now see it brought out more. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, would draw all people to myself. Hmm. He said this to show what kind of death he was going to die. So there again, you see John answering, what does lifted up mean mm-hmm. in John three fourteen. And does Lift It Up have any echoes to you guys? Yes. Mine says Lift It Up from the Earth. Okay. But does that word Lift It Up remind you of anything that we maybe studied in the... Isaiah 6, 9. <laughs> well, it's actually not Isaiah 6, 9, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always always a good example. Um, Isaiah uh, 52, 13, right? Thank so you. you lift it up. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Which I, I think is also interesting because it's like, when if you think about it, if you're a Jewish person, you're reading, he shall be high and lifted up. You're thinking, okay, cool, he's going to be above everyone. He's going to be this king who like, sits on a throne, lifted up in command. That's how I would read it. Like, and, yeah. and, but instead, it's like he's lifted up, crucified, which I think goes with the heart of like, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. It's, like, it's just a different thing than what they think is coming. Right. I mean, if you remember in, in that servant song, Behold, my servant shall be high and lifted up. Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up. In Isaiah 52, 13, if you remember when we studied that last servant song, that first part of it. And it says, and shall be exalted. Yeah, and shall be exalted, exactly. All right? Well, that becomes the key that basically the starting passage that says, this is what happens to my servant, and then the rest of the servant song just explains what he went through for him to be high and lifted up and exalted. Yeah. So, um, it ties right back to the servant song. It's paradoxical, though, if you look at it. I mean, it's like, it's both. It's both. Like, yeah, it, it is. It also means he was high and lifted up. Yeah, he was lifted up, but he was lifted up because he laid himself down. But then he was also lifted up after that. Yeah. To the throne of power. And ascension. You have the ascension in there. You have the cross. You have the ascension. Yeah, yeah. But he he, he can't be the one, like, lifted up to the place of power unless he does what he does, right? Or else, like, he didn't really come to save us. Right. Right. Which Which fits with a lot of his teaching, like, if you lay down your life for me, you will, you know, you will gain your life. Right. And it's like a paradox. Okay, well, in which way are you laying it down? In which way are you getting it? Or in mm-hmm. which way was he exalted? Which way was he lifted up and exalted? In which way, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it says, lifted up from the earth will draw all people to myself. Is that a reference to every knee will bow? Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it, I would say it, it does ultimately. Yeah. Which is in Colossians about that. I think is where it says that by every new avow. Yeah. I think you 
just the context, we're, you're already discussing it, but just to fine-tune it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Verse 14, and Mos as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, you could continue it into 16 and say, those who looked upon it would not perish. The Jews knew that. But, so as you said, he's using Old Testament to introduce, kind of like Paul would do. Using the Old Testament to introduce the Jews to, hey, you know, this has been done before. Right. All they had to do is look upon that staff and they'd be healed. Now all you have to do is look upon Jesus lifted up and you'll be, you'll have eternal life. Yeah. Healed. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, you notice that, so a couple, couple things here. Um, read yours again, your 316. Because I think it's yours at um, how it starts. For God loved the world in this way. Okay, so you hear that? For God loved the world in this way. The reason why that translation says that is because if an RESV it says, For God so loved the world, that word in Greek for so really is probably more translated the way he just said it. So in the way the way this is what this is saying in Greek here is this is how God so loved the world. So, it's really what or is being described in God 316. the world just so. You could use just so. Yeah, well, you could just... So, in other words, this is the way he did it. Yeah. It, so, it's really saying, this is the way, this is how God went about loving the world, was by giving his only son. There's something interesting I read in a commentary. It says, nowhere in this gospel, John... Does God say, I love you? Rather, he demonstrates his love for humanity by self-sacrifice and demands the same practical demonstration from his followers. So, it's interesting. God never says, I love you. He shows he loves us through what he's done in Jesus. I use the Amplified sometimes to uh -huh. get on it, just to kind of because it embellishes certain yeah, nuances. Yeah, right. So, How's that? How's he's saying it like you're saying. He's using it a different way, but it's greatly. He's describing how he's loving. It's like yeah, greatly okay. loved. Greatly loved. So, okay. Greatly so loved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so greatly loved. Yep. Good. And then one thing, so you you guys picked up on one that I did not see, and all. So that word for only there. So you notice how it says, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son." Mm -hmm. That Greek word is the same word. If you turn back to John, um, one eighteen, in a prologue. It and this, um, so it says, "No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side." The better translation, in fact, the ESV will even point this out. They should have translated only as unique. A better translation of that word is unique. So if you go back to 118, no one has ever seen God, the unique God, being the uniqueness of Jesus, that he's the unique God, and here that he is the unique son. So it, it, the Greek there really is that he gave his unique son that whoever believes in him. Again, pointing to why is Jesus the only way? There's only one Son of God. He is the unique Son. There is no other way because there's no other Son. He's, the one and only he's way. He's the one and only one. 
one and only way, unique. And and yeah. and more or less, could you say what you just said about the love the world a different way? Could you uh-huh. almost say that you're saying that God loves this world? He does love it, even after what's happened. After right. He still this, loves every, it. Everything that's happened with sin and everything that he st- he loves this world. And that's he's right. Giving us his son. That's right. Or and I think one of a kind. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what's so unique about our Jesus and Christ and our God is because a lot of, like you look at the Muslim God, Allah, I mean, he is going to be a God who only if you're righteous will he love you. And he, they don't really even talk about Allah loving you. So we have a God who, they, that's the message to people. That's the good news, right? I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how bad you are. God loves you. <laughs> I but yeah, uniquely. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You can throw that in too. Yeah, right? yeah. The unique God lo- loves you so. uniquely. Yeah. I mean, it's quite, God, quite the message. <laughs> yeah. He created the world <laughs> uniquely. <laughs> yeah. I was just showing him that uh-huh. the verse that says, but God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans, Romans 5, five eight. Yeah. 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 And is that also where it talks about the ungodly? He died, he... Is that where the word ungodly comes in that, around there too? That's where it's fascinating because it says God died for... He died for the ungodly. We all are ungodly. We all... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Start yeah. Yeah, that's the, verse 6. And what does that say? For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Yeah. See, so yeah. everyone was ungodly. Died. God dies for the ungodly so we can all become godly. We all start there. <laughs> yeah, but the part that was interesting for me, though, is in the beginning where it says, how you, you he says, so love the world, and he had a different... Yeah. I'm just wondering why did he love the world so much after, I mean, you know, it's like he, de- he does, you go through Adam and Eve and all, and all that, and you just say like, you know, forget that one, I'll just start a new one, <laughs> start all over again. And you, you did know? that with uh, yeah. the flood, right? Yeah. Like, you could, like, <laughs> with the flood, right? And, away. And, and, yeah. and similar, a lot of, in a lot of the Old Testament, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of kings and a lot of situations where that kind of all starts. You think, why didn't he just wipe it out and start all over again, you know? But it's interesting to me that he's saying he loved this world. Yeah. He's yeah. going to give his unique son. And how it was and how it was ungodly, how it turned away from him. Well, we saw that in Isaiah. I'll tell you, it's really interesting. We're, um, you know, we've got this group of like 12, 15 people who are reading through the Bible in a year at our church mm-hmm. called Bible Recap. And so we meet every Wednesday night. It's a group of like about 15 people total. And it's been really interesting watching people and their faith as they, most of them never read it through the Bible before. And I'll tell you, it is really hard reading through the Old Testament oh, because of you just have so much. I mean, you just watched people were angry. People were questioning, why did God do this? Why did God wipe people out? Why are thousands dead? And then I, I, I kept trying to say, hang in there, <laughs> you know, because you, as you start going through the Old Testament, you start seeing more and more of a balance of this God who's just so overwhelmingly compassionate, 
still putting up with his people after so much sin, after so much apostasy, after so much idols, after so much turning away, and God is still loving them, and God is still trying to get get to them, which is ultimately pointing to Jesus. I'm in like my third year of the one year Bible, and the first year of the Old Testament, it was hit and miss for me. Like I would be on a trail hiking, listening to an audible, and if somebody came by and I was listening to the Old Testament, <laughs> it's my attitude would change, you know. Why did he get close to me, or why did he do that, you know? Why didn't he bring a bell, a bike, mountain biker? But if I was in the New Testament, I was like, all right, how you doing? God bless you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that, not that yeah, extreme. No, but you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just two yeah. different ways. Exactly. It's two different emotions. Right. I was listening to uh, K-Wave today, and I heard part of Chuck, Chuck's message, you know, on Calvary there, and he was saying how the Old Testament shows a very compassionate God, a patient, passionate God. And I was thinking to myself, yeah, it was pretty judgmental too. I mean, there was a lot of things that happened. And then he said the New Testament is the judgmental God. Hmm. And wow. I never thought of it that way. And then he, I never, <laughs> never thought of it that way. But he, I was like, I really had a hard time understanding what he really meant by judgment. I guess the final judgment, the judgment is in Revelation. You know, that's, that is the ultimate and final judgment of, of all people. But it's like, what a, it was just a, it was, it was like a twisted way to kind of look at the, the Old and New Testament. But what's interesting about it, I mean, what's fascinating is that's not how most people do. But exactly. the reality is that it's probably yeah. more of how it really is. I, it, it because in the Old Testament, you have this word called hesed which yeah. is a steadfast love of God. Yeah. It is throughout the Old Testament. It's a word that even shows God's love more than agape in the New Testament. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's hesed. It's just this. There's no, no one has ever found an English equivalent for that word. It's God's covenantal, all-encompassing. I mean, it's just love that is beyond even, mm-hmm. we try to use the word in Greek called agape. And so, and then we're going to see this, right? You actually see it right here with what you just said. You think, well, wow, Jesus, he was just this really nice guy who just came to save everybody and be all happy. And then you read John 3, (laughs) notice how everyone reads John 3, 16, but they don't go on from there. Why? What do they do? They just say, for whoever believed in him, but, oh yeah, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order the world might be saved. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe, you're condemned already. Yeah. And you just keep reading it, it's like... There's definitely kind of... There's a lot of judgment. <laughs> uh, um, Jeff's going... I think Jeff's having fun trying to go through right yeah. now, going through the parables. I don't mm. know if he realized that when he was yeah. been, said he wanted to go through the parables, how much how the parables are hell. judgment. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just, hell is like at the end of most of the parables. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of an Changes things up at the end, right? It yeah. <laughs> it's funny just watching him. He's just like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm on judgment. No. It was funny because he asked Toby and Chad and I early on when he first started, okay, well, which parables do you guys want to do? So, you know, I chose the Good Samaritan. He chose the Prodigal Son. Toby chose the Lost um, Coin. But we have all the good ones with all that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I talked to Jeff after the sermon on uh, uh, Sunday, and I said, "From uh, you covered it really well with all the nuance, but my view of this is very, much more simplistic. I think 
it wasn't the coin the, the first or the last one. What was he paid? What were the denarii? Denarii. 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 I said, I, I believe that denarius is salvation. <clears throat> and if you look at it that way, that's like, okay, you're the Christian, you've been a good guy all your life, you get salvation. The, the thief on the cross goes, uh, Lord, remember when you come into your kingdom, you get salvation. That was the guy at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. He's getting paid equally. Third at the end of the day, yeah. yeah. And, and Jeff was like, well, I... Uh, <laughs> he probably didn't think, yeah. He always applies it to our life, our Christian yeah. life. Yeah. He, he doesn't go to the salvation side. I, I had the same thought that look at the guy on the cross that Jesus turns and says, today you'll be with me in paradise. And you're like, I mean, he's dying in a matter of minutes. You know, and then you got Paul, who's been through so much shipwreck, all the stuff that he's gone through, and he gets the same result. Yeah. Was you the know, thief on the cross born of water? Was the thief on the cross what? Well, you know, we were talking about you must a be water? born of water and, and spirit. And spirit. So right. he must have been born of water and spirit on the cross at that day. <laughs> How about spirit? Yeah, it sort of blows all your concepts because when you think, oh, well, you got to make sure they say, I guess I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and I forgive all my sins. And it's like the thief on this cross is like, you're in. The words of the thief are really yeah. important. Uh-huh. Yeah. He says, Lord, right yeah. there he's saying you're God. Very good. Very right. good. Remember me when, you're, when you come into your kingdom. Hmm. You are God. And... He, he's saying what he's what we're reading right here. Right. Whoever okay. believes in him, yeah. right. so he believed in him. He mm. believed in he was Lord God. Yeah, yeah. and just Very like good. what I was—that's what I was talking about. What three weeks ago we uh-huh. had this conversation. I was telling you, what about those people that you know are perfect, but you know they don't believe in God? And I'm saying, are they saved? And it's kind of like what you're saying right now. You yeah. know. Here's a sinner that's well, saying, confess I, with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. That's 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 salvation. That's the simple. How do you become a Christian? Confess with your mouth that He is Lord. What did the thief on the cross do? Lord. That's exactly what he did. He it's the concept of first will be last and the last will be first. Yeah. Well, that's what happened to the thief on the cross. Yeah. 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 And he and he humbled himself by saying, at least I think so, by saying that. You know, remember me. You know, mm-hmm. didn't exalt himself. He just said, hmm. remember me? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good point, Tom. I didn't think about that. Um, all right. So, so there's one more word I want to deal with. <clears throat> this word in John 3.16 is another, so we've had these words we're talking about that we are going to see threaded all the way through John. Anybody remember what those words are? What what word are we going to see? We started this whole lesson, this whole John, but what, what word are we going to see just all the way through John? Believe. Believe. Okay, pistis, all right? So there's another word that we're going to see all the way through John threaded through that really talks about who God is and who this Jesus is. And that word which is very easy to just read right past, is the word gave. Word what? Gave. G-A-V-E. So, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Give. Okay, that Greek word, gave and give, is something that John uses 
throughout his gospel, way more than any of the other gospel writers. Um, it occurs well, at least 63 times throughout John. And in fact, if you take a look at the word gave, it's one that you didn't pick up, which I didn't expect you to, because it's hard, so I didn't pick up until someone helped me pick it up, which was that in the prologue, where is the word gave? Anybody see where Gabe is in the prologue? Gives. Hmm? Gives. Yeah, you see give, you see you see Gabe. Which is give too. Where do you see give? You see true uh, twelve. He gave Yeah, very good. And twelve. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave exactly the same Greek word there. He gave the right to become children of God. So this idea of a God who gives is is like central to John uh, by getting the, uh, this idea about, about who is this God. He is a God who just constantly gives. But he gives in a, in a somewhat of a unique way um, that John's going to keep unraveling here. He's also going to contrast dramatic pretty dramatically the way the Jews thought about how God gave and what God gave. So, you know, as we went through Isaiah, as we're like walking through the Old Testament of this Bible recap group, one of the big things that, that gets people stuck is trying to figure out how the Jews view the ancient Jews, even the Jews today, how did they miss Jesus, for example? You know, how did they read these sermon songs? How did they, how did they not see Jesus? Okay, and we talked, we talked about a lot about that as we went through Isaiah, and a lot of that is around this expectation that they saw in the Old Testament about the type of God, what that God looked like, and how that God gave. <laughs> Right? What did God give? And so for the Jews, they have a very different concept of what God gives that John is going to completely transform and change. And I would say the Jews today, the Orthodox Jews who do not believe in Jesus, still are very stuck in this old way of how they view everything through this word give. So there is a word give, gave, in the Old Testament. And the book of Deuteronomy uses it at least as many times as John does. So if you take a look at the book of John, and you take a look at Deuteronomy, you will see all this whole focus on how God gives and what he gives and who he gives to. And Deuteronomy really sets up with how the Jews both believed how God gave and what he gave, and why they miss, I would say, because of that, this Jesus that John is unveiling is very different as far as the giving part of it. Okay, I might not, I'll make more sense as we go along here. So there's this radical difference. So one of the things is, in fact, you, I see it today, when you hear about, for Christians who are focused on Israel and focus, and you, you talk about what is the Jews today and all those types of things, where the focus is, 
for Jews today is in a completely different way than where our focus is with Jesus. Can you describe what they think of giving? I am. That's exactly, yes. Okay. I might actually help you guys do that. So, Deuteronomy is one way of view of that. John is like another. Okay. So, I have here... Tom always like introduces by. <laughs> like, can you describe like, that? Like, can you cut to the chase? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. It always knows why I need to transition to the next thing. So, all right. So I have taken all the verses in Deuteronomy, okay, that have the word "give." Yeah. Oh, Are you going to give them to us? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so I want you to just pick one out. Doesn't really matter. Yeah. You're not going to win anything, dude. So. <laughs> Looks like you got to go around twice. Well, I'm not going to try to give all them out because we'll be here. Uh, we'll be here too long. <laughs> you always make studies so fun. <laughs> well, at least I didn't cut my finger off with the um, oh, yeah. paper cutter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. All right. Okay. So there's a whole lot more. Okay. Those are all the, those right there are all the ways it talks about giving. But all these ways, what you have in your hand, you're going to see exactly the same thing throughout Deuteronomy, the word give. So I want you to go through, and I want you to read your verse, and I want you to tell me what is it that's being given here. What, what's the word give related to here? So go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Deuteronomy 3.18 And I commanded you at that time, saying, The Lord your God has given you this land to possess. All your men of value shall, shall cross over armed before your brothers, the people of Israel. So what is the giving of you? Of the promised land. Of the promised land. Okay. Very good. Mine also has land, so I'm going to read another. I okay. Just dug one off <laughs> yeah, why don't you read another one, John? Go ahead. So. I don't know what I got. Okay. Loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice, and holding fast to him, for he is your life and length of days, so that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, to give them. Same thing. Land. <laughs> yeah. Can I have another one? <laughs> Go ahead, Tom. <laughs> don't be jealous, Tom, but it's inheritance. It's not a land. But it could uh, be It could be land. So, lest innocent blood be shed, in your land, um, <laughs> that you, your, uh, uh, that the the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance, inheritance. so that uh, so the guilty of shed uh, bloodshed is a, will be upon you. All right, go ahead, Dale. These are the statutes and the rules that you shall be careful to do in the land <laughs> that the Lord, the God of your fathers, has given to you to possess. Hmm. All the days of your life, all the days you live on earth. All right, go ahead, Chad. Deuteronomy 9, 6. Know therefore that the Lord your God is not giving you this good land to possess because of your righteousness, for you are a stubborn people. All right, go ahead, um, Steve. Deuteronomy 4, 21. Furthermore, the Lord was angry with me because of you, and he swore that I should not cross the Jordan, and that I should not enter the good land, that the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance. Go ahead, Ken. Deuteronomy one twenty-five, and they took in their hands some of the fruit of the land, 
and brought it down to us and brought us word, Tom, and said, it's a good land, it's a good land that the Lord our God is giving to us. Okay. Deuteronomy 3, 12 through 13. When we took possession of this land at that time, I gave to the Reubenites and the Gadites the territory beginning at Arior, which is on the edge of the valley of Arnon, and half of the hill country of Gilead with its cities, the rest of Gilead, and all Bashan, the kingdom of Og, that is, all the region of Argob, I gave to the half-tribe of Manasseh. All that portion of Bashan is called the land of Rephaim. Well, I gave you the, you picked the right one. one. Thank you. I'm glad yeah. you got that one, Pete. Good job. <laughs> go, go ahead, Bruce. Deuteronomy 19.1 When the Lord your God cuts off the nations whose land the Lord your God is giving you, mm. and you're dispossessed them and dwell in their cities and in their houses. All right. So I think you get the point. The point is we all talked about land gifts. That's right. So for the Jews... There, there's two focuses. So my first question is, what is God giving in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy? Well, yeah. the land. Okay, what land is that? Promised land. The promised land. Very good. Which is we call today Israel, Israel. Israel and actually Palestine because they're both part of the promised land. Who is he giving that land to in the Old Testament? Chosen people. Who are the Jews? The Jews. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Those two key points is about all you need to really get. Who the Jews were back then. I mean, very simplistic on purpose. Who the Jews were back then. Who the Jews are today. Okay, as far as Orthodox Jews who believe in Yahweh, the God of the Old Testament, the God of the New Testament, same God we believe in. But their focus is that God is still going to fulfill His promise to give them the land. Who is He going to give that land to? The Jews. Period. Okay? That is their view. That is their mindset. That is everything they focus on around is God has chosen us, I'm not even saying that in a, even in a humble way, God has chosen us as a chosen people, and he has chosen us and is giving us this land. All right. So you wonder why, if you keep that focus in mind, whether it's today or back when you're reading the Old Testament or New Testament, you wonder why this Jesus that comes in, they go, what? <laughs> All right. He doesn't. He says things differently about who God is and what God is giving than what they expect. All right. So, John. Uh, <laughs> so, look at his face. <laughs> this is what John is saying that we're reading that God. That's why we get in a room of state business. John's not here. Yeah. Is what? John Eagle. Yeah, they're at oh, the sawdust. Oh, you mentioned it. Oh, you yeah, mentioned it. Right. 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 What? 
You did what? Location no, take location. one. Oh. No, you take one. I, did you I put, put one in there? I put, well, I <laughs> put my other one. But just make, if it, if it's Deuteronomy, throw it away and take another one. In there. Did anybody get Deuteronomy? You should have taken another one. Take another one? I like John better than... <laughs> well, unless you want to be here till 10 o'clock. <laughs> you, uh, really, if you take a look at every single one of those other verses there, I believe they're going to say really the same thing. <laughs> I'm such a giver. I know. I'm very good. Read all, these. all right, so as I'm going through, let's just start. Tom, why don't you start again? I didn't. And I want you to, when you're reading these, I want you to read it, and then I want you to tell me what is being given. I didn't start it. Bruce should start. <laughs> you said Tom start. I didn't start. I know. You want, oh, you want me to start? I want you to start. This oh, time. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Without reading the verse, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them that they might be one, even as we are one. Okay, so what's being given there? Glory. Glory. Okay. All right. Um, Tom, you want to go ahead and read one sure. of yours? Um, John eleven twenty two. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God. God will give you. Hmm. Oh, okay. So what is being given there? Whatever you ask. Whatever you ask. Okay. Go ahead, Dale. Uh, 522. For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son. Okay, so what's, what is he given there? He's given all judgment to? The Son. The Son. Okay. So you notice there... That what God's giving is His Son. <laughs> so He's, he's giving judgment. Yeah, giving judgment. Son. But He's giving. He's authority. doing things like giving to His Son. So just yeah. as a as a point there, the the point is, God's not giving a land or giving to His people. He's giving this thing to Jesus, His Son. Two or three. Almost done. Okay. Um, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Oh, okay, so what's what's he given there? Same. Whatever you ask the Father in his name. All right, okay. Go ahead, um, Steve, go and read. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world, yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Okay, I want you to listen to Steve's now. Remember I told you, what is it that, who is God giving to in Deuteronomy? He's giving to Jews. To the Jews. Listen to Steve's verse. Go ahead, Steve. That one same. The same one? Yep. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. So who are the ones who are being given to here? Your son. No. 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 The believers. Everyone. Every, right. Everyone who believes. So you see, the, do you see the switch there? Is the word world in there, Steve? Yes. So I want you to notice that this is what Jesus does. Radical. 
Another reason why the Jews were like, what are you talking about? Because what Jesus is, what you're hearing here is that it is the, it's not to a, to a specific ethnic group, the Jews. It is to everyone in the whole world. There's now everything being up, opened up to. So you can see this radical transformation Jesus makes in through Jesus is now that salvation is not just for the Jews. It is all, it's now for the entire world. So you will see that Jesus uses the word world instead of land. Mm. <laughs> and even in the Beatitudes, he switches one of the Beatitudes. Um, which one is it? Blessed. Um, the meek shall inherit the, the world. Thank you. Thank the you. Earth. Say it again. Yeah. yeah. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the, the earth. earth. The earth. In, in, the, in the psalm, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the land. Jesus is actually taking the Old Testament quote there and changing land into world. Hmm. So this whole idea of this gift through the cross opens up everything. There's not just the land anymore. It's the whole earth. It's not just the Jews. It is all of us. The world. Yeah. So, read one of yours, Ken. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them, mm. and have come to know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. Wow. So what does he give us? He gives us what well, we're all setting to. The word. The word. <laughs> Who's they in there? Brian, I'll read it again, Ken. For I have given them the okay. words that you gave me. Yeah, I think, is that John 17? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in John 17, I think he's talking to those who believe. Okay. And yeah. So I think he's, yeah. you're probably right. What occurred to me when you read it, I have given them the word. It's like all those that Jesus addressed. Yeah. You know, like Sermon on the Mount, there's a huge crowd. The disciples, mm -hmm. he's, those are the ones I think he's saying. I have given them. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, Pete. 3.16. For God so loved <laughs> his only Son. You win. And whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. All right. So what does God give here? His he son, gives his, his only son. son. See, just, okay, and go ahead and read yours. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, so that I will not be thirsty. Or have to come here to draw water. Yeah. And we're going to read that story soon. Okay, is that, where is that, John 4? Yeah. Yeah, in John 4. And he's going to give her not, he's going to give her not. Living the, water. Exactly, he's going to give her the living water. He's going to give her, give life. So you, you, you hear just the huge contrast between what you see in the Old Covenant, there's a lot of continuity between Old and New, but there's also a lot of discontinuity. So you can see why the peasants and the poor were so drawn to him, because they didn't have the background of scholastic law like the Pharisees and whatnot. Mm -hmm. they're, they're just, the Pharisees are listening, their minds are just exploding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Jesus knew that. He knew that would happen. Mm -hmm. He knew they'd kill him for it, too. And that's why, for example, he goes to the Samaritan village, right? Because yeah. the Samaritans are not 
They're like the mongrels or the polluted ones. And yet Jesus is going to them and saying, I'm giving you eternal life. And like the Samaritan, the centurion. Mm-hmm. Oh, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. Yeah. You know, he's a Roman. Yeah. So, you guys can take those home and just read them. No, let's read them all now. One's <laughs> <laughs> on the floor for several. Yeah, but that's all Deuteronomy. You, all, you already know the answer to all those land. on the floor. The answer is <laughs> Jews and land. <laughs> okay? I'm, I'm into this. Let's, let me read mine. Go ahead. You go, Tom. <laughs> the Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hands. 6.23 In that day you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Wow. Yeah. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hands. So something that's striking me is that it's the Father mm. giving to the Son... Mm. And transfer the son giving to whosoever believe, um, but they're also given to each other. The son is given to the whosoever, and the whosoever is given to the son. Yeah. So it's like the bride and the bridegroom, mm. and the father, you know, and they're given to each other. Yeah. Because yeah, fascinating. Something else that strikes me is, like, we keep saying, like, oh, this is a totally new thing. They thought it was just for the Jews. But I think, like, is it really? Because, in, 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 I, like, I don't think it is. Cause, like, in You're Gen- right. <laughs> well, because in Genesis 12, yes, like, uh-huh. he tells Abram, very good. which is, like, very early on. It's just, like, he's just picking this guy who's just, like, this is the very beginning of the nation of Israel. And he says, I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And then you, all families of the earth, shall be blessed. And then in Isaiah, he says that yeah, the mountain yeah, of the Lord shall be highest, exactly. and that all nations shall flow to it. Right. So there's there's already writing saying that it's for everyone. That's not just for them. And it's even before the Jews existed, all the way back to Genesis 12. Mm. Excellent. That Pharisee. Yeah. But you see how the Jew, that mindset is so ingrained in them that they can't even... God says it throughout. You just said, throughout the Old Testament, you see, we're reading in Jeremiah... And Jeremiah talks about the new covenant that's going to be for the whole world. So, I mean, you see that theme throughout, but it's like, they, I, I'm judging the Jews. And I, and Paul would tell me, be careful, Greg. All right, the Apostle Paul would say. But I'm just trying to give that mindset. I mean, that's a mindset if you're talking to an Orthodox Jew today. This is where they're coming from. And so they're, as Paul, I guess, even Apostle Paul would say, they're blinded to seen all these other things that clearly showed that God's salvation was going to be for the whole world. But they just have it through the mindset of we're the chosen ones and we're getting our land. And that is still so huge. That's why um, they go into the real estate business. <laughs> there you well, go. This one is, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for mm-hmm. life world is my flesh yeah and then in 652 this is the jews then disputed among themselves saying how can this man give us his flesh to eat yeah well i think when you start to study like some history it's like totally secular history it starts to make sense like why they why they think the way they do and like i I think that most people would because like i was studying like the history of assyrians like looking at the assyrian writing Mm -hmm. and like the things they write about aren't 
like, you know, talks about, like, the Assyrian king, like, capturing this other nation, and he takes, like, that, the other king's wife is his wife, and then cuts off that king's head and puts his head in a jar so he could watch him, like, with his wife. And, like, like so we say, like, why, well, we, we say, like, why is God, why does God destroy these people in the Bible? And we've got to remember, like, that's evil. the type of culture. Very evil. We're, we're dealing with, and it's, I'm not trying to say, like, oh, they're so bad, so, like, like it's, I'm, I'm so glad God killed them, but it's like, well, they were going to do this to Israel. And then even when you start to look at, like, now, like, Jews who reject Jesus with, like, the whole political, like, Zionism thing, or, like, like religious, like, if you look at, like, the Zionist movement, like, this all came, like, at a time where, like, you had, like, basically Jews coming out of concentration camps who formed, like, these extremist groups. Mm-hmm. In like Israel, and when you look at like their history and that, it, it makes sense why you have such an extreme movement in Zionism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Exactly. All right. So, wrap it up. I think I have enough here. Based on what Pete just said, made me think about our little jars. So, you said you said what you see is you see how the father. Does what? Gives. He gives to the, to the son. son, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, you guys. To the son. Who does the son give to? Whosoever that believes. Right. So the son gives to those who believe. All right. Which is all of us, right? What do we do? Give to each other. Share it. Very good. Sure. What do we do? We are to take all the stuff we just read that we get from God, and we are to do that, right? Do likewise. Yeah. So. Uh-oh. I want to frown. No wonder you didn't want me to read more. <laughs> <laughs> So this is to remind us exactly what we just said, which is now we've been given all this in Jesus, and what are we to do? A new commandment I give you. The only commandment Jesus gives is one commandment. It's one new commandment. It is the only commandment. That Jesus gives. Okay, He did not give the love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. That came from Deuteronomy. He ultimately did it. He did the word, right? But that was the Old Testament. He, he's summing up the Old Testament when he says the great commandment. He here gives us only one new commandment. It's to say basically everything the Father has given me, I give to you so you can do this. You guys want to read that together? Okay. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. So it's almost like you could do a reverse of the water I just did. (laughs) We love others because of how Jesus loved us. He loves us because of how the Father loved him. You can actually just take that and go backwards. That flow of water there goes all the way back. Mm. 
So you, I mean, I just I hope you see the gift we have. Mm. Mm. So this brings up something a Christian pastor friend of mine said once: um, that there's no such thing as true love in this unless you're a believer. Yeah, I totally agree. Real love is only found in what Christ has done on the cross that we share. Yeah. But the, the word is bounced around in our culture like a... Yeah. But to be rough, it's meaningless. Yeah. From our perspective, what they're saying love is, is it, meaningless. It, absolutely. Yeah. Which is kind of amazing. I mean, we I, just I have friends who are sec, you know, unsaved, and they husband and wife, they love each other dearly. Which, and my Christian yeah. pastor friend says, that's not... Christian love. They are needing each other. They are used to each other. They are, you know, I don't know. It's hard, it's hard. Yeah, I would agree with you, Chris. And they are they are loving each other as a world loves, yeah. as a husband and wife even love within a world, but they're not able to love as Christ loved us because they don't experience that love. Yeah, very good. All right. Well, thank you, guys. Can I read one you. short passage? Sure. <laughs> um, you guys remember, I think a month ago or so, I said I witnessed to my friends using John, I mean, Romans 10.9, and it's very similar to what we just read as the theme tonight, except it adds another facet. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, that's number one, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. What we read in, in John 16 is part one of that. Hmm. It's interesting that Paul says you need to believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And it's interesting because it goes back to what we were saying about the thief on the cross, because he did that. Lord, when you come into your kingdom, what? He just said you're going to be resurrected from the dead. The thief knew that. Huh. Huh. Isn't it amazing? I did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's all. It's extreme faith. 